This podcast contains material that some listeners may find objectionable. It may contain graphic descriptions of atrocities committed during the 1937 Nanking Massacre in China. Welcome back to the Undaunted Women of Nanking, the wartime diaries of Minnie Votrin and Sen Shui Fan. On this episode, the refugees at Jinling do their best to celebrate the new year. Registration of Chinese civilians continues, and the first discussions of a post-war government take place. Our first entry is from Minnie Votrin's diary on New Year's Eve, 1937. Registration took place this morning. Not of 260 women, but of about 1,000 refugee women between ages of 17 and 30. By 9 o'clock, they were lined up in front of Central Building and given a discourse, first by the Japanese military official, and then by Mr. Zhang Yun Guang, both in Chinese. They were told a number of things which I did not hear, but the things I heard were, you must follow the old custom in marriage, letting your parents make arrangements for you. You must not go to the theaters, study English, etc. China and Japan must become one, and then the nation will be strong, etc. After the lecture, they marched single file, one line to south and one to north through the frames we have made for selling cooked rice. Most of the women and girls got their first tickets, but about 20 were singled out because they looked different, either had curled hair or dressed too well. Later, these were all released because a mother or some other person could vouch for them. Once in a while, I can count a blessing. Today, the blessing was that we had no college or middle school students on the campus. After the women were through, the men were again allowed to register. Do the gate man said that men began to form in line this morning by two o'clock. At five, I heard them out at Ninghai as far down as the practice school. Registrations have now ceased until January 3rd. This afternoon, I did not go to the office, did nothing but wind some yarn, and that seems to be about as much mental effort as I am capable of these days. Minor Cyril Bates came in this afternoon and brought us a bit of news. Rumor says that people are being asked to evacuate from cooling, that Cheong has ordered Canton to be turned into scorched earth before it is evacuated. Mr. Kola, a young white Russian, has been down Taiping Road and reports there is nothing left of it. The big stores on both sides were evidently thoroughly looted first and then burned. This evening at 7 in our upper room, we had a service to end the old year and usher in the new with prayers of forgiveness and of thanksgivings. For there have been blessings and miracles in the midst of the suffering and sorrow, and these we cannot forget. 
After service, we went down to the living room and had some canned pineapple. This morning, a very fine Japanese called a Mr. Endo, who has his headquarters in what was the Metropolitan Hotel. I like him very much, also the military police with him. They had kind and understanding faces. Mr. Endo, he was deeply interested in the refugee work and offered to help later. At noon, Major called. He was the one who called at midnight soon after December 13th. What does the new year hold in store for China, for Nanking, and Jin Ling? We must not lose faith. Here is Sen's account of New Year's Eve. Today, originally, it was women's turn to register. Only after registering women in one building, the Japanese again registered men. Outside, the registration has not finished yet. People came from faraway places. The Japanese lectured women not on freedom, but asked them to fulfill three obedience and four virtues. Women should not worship freedom after just learning a little bit of English. The Japanese simply have nothing meaningful to say. This afternoon, the registration resumed to prepare for the new year. The registration will be stopped for three days. The Japanese words are unbelievable and have no substance. No one knows what they will do. Their country will not be on the stage long. Their sweet rhetoric carries nonsense. Tonight, we have a special night prayer to bid the old year goodbye. Tomorrow morning, a special prayer will be held to welcome the new year. Workers also have a special prayer meeting. After being registered, some of the refugees can go home. Recently, the situation in the safety zone is improving. Outside is still not safe. New Year's Day. The first day of the year, 1938. The words Happy New Year die on one's lips, and one can only say, May you have peace. There were nine of us at our 7.30 fellowship service, which we try to have daily now. Since we are still so completely cut off from the outside world, our prayer for others is becoming imaginary. We know not in what condition our friends are. The morning was uneventful save for a surprise breakfast Mrs. Sen gave us. Pineapple, a kind of fried cake, and cocoa were added to our regular breakfast and were a real treat. At noon, Mrs. Sen and Mary went over to the Buck House for New Year's dinner. It was difficult to get Mrs. Sen to go, for she is too sad and discouraged to feel like making merry. This afternoon, I took my turn at staying in my office and before four o'clock, there were two events. About three, one of the servants came in hastily and said a soldier was taking off one of our girl refugees. 
I went out hastily and caught him with her in the bamboo grove just north of the library. He beat a hasty retreat when he heard my voice. Later, I sent off two more soldiers who had come on campus at the same time. Some of the young girls on the campus are terribly foolish, for they will not stay inside the building but wander out toward the front gate, in spite of all we can do. Perhaps a half hour later, three military advisors came to call. They were clean-looking men, and seemed genuinely interested in, and sorry for, the plight of the refugees, which they blamed on Chiang Kai-shek. After they left, I went to call on Mr. Zhan Yang-Guang, an interpreter, to see if he can indirectly prevent further registration of men on our campus. We have been very careful about keeping all men, high and low degree, from bringing food in or coming to see any refugees. But this registration of men has broken down that custom temporarily. A great fire is burning over toward Bellamin Chiao, North Gate Bridge, tonight. Looting continues. We believe that the raping of women has decreased, although a few days ago, 27 women were raped on BTTS compound. We were told that the military police, which seemed distinctly superior, rounded up a number of common soldiers, seven today for grave misdemeanors, and they think shot them. There was a great meeting in Drum Tower Park this afternoon, at which time the new city officers were installed. Our district was asked to send 1,000 representatives. There was a great array of the five-colored flag and Japanese flag. I have not heard the details, but I know one of our representatives felt sick at heart about it and would eat no supper. Undoubtedly, you will see the pictures of the spontaneous burst of enthusiasm for the new regime. It is New Year's night and our embassy police are not yet come, which worries us. New Year's Day from the Diary of Sen Shui Fong The Chinese Self-Ruling Committee was established today. It convened at the drum tower with delegates, one thousand or told, from every district. They used two kinds of flags, the Japanese flag and the flag of five colors. Everyone held the flag in his hand. Tao Pao Chen of the Self-Ruling Committee was originally the head of a swastika society. He said that Chen Xieyuan would come to be a puppet. I do not believe that he would. Chen Feirong is the head of housing of the 5th district. He and Mr. Wang went to the convention together. The speeches were inaudible. Pictures were taken in order to use them for propaganda letting other nationalities see how the Chinese welcome the Japanese. Sometimes they come here to take refugee pictures, holding children. They ask refugees to smile. It clearly shows their intention for propaganda. Shortly after they entered the city, they demanded money from the International Committee for the Nanking Safety Zone. Chairman of the committee is a German, and he replied, You want money on my dead body. It deterred them. Today, a soldier came and spotted a girl outside. He carried the girl to the bamboo place behind number 300 building and stripped her clothing. 
When he was about to rape the girl, Voltron raced there, shouting. The soldier fled. It was fortunate that the girl was not molested because of prompt action taken. That place was very dirty, filled with urine and stool. The girl's clothing was covered with human waste. Can this soldier be considered a human being? To rape in bright daylight? He is simply a beast. Japanese soldiers distributed cigarettes to the Chinese people today. There must be cocaine inside. Soon they will sell cocaine and opium. It has been almost three weeks since they occupied Nanking. They still do not allow other nationalities to enter the city in order to prevent people from seeing the despicable things they have done. This time, what the Japanese have committed here was clearly witnessed by the Americans and Germans. They should know the Japanese ruthlessness. In the past, they did not believe that Japanese were evil. During several days recently, there were more things for sale on the Shanghai Road. Bed sheets from the hospital for the wounded soldiers are 20 cents each. Soldiers' uniforms are $100 each. All look as if they are donations by some people. There are many other items such as furniture and foods. Clothing is cheap, but salty food and vegetables are very expensive. Now we have more people to be fed here, adding seven more workers. We have so many refugees that the workers only have food to eat, but no wages. Besides, they're under protection here. Thinking about Chinese people's selfishness and greed for money, it is a hopeless case. When the Japanese were about to enter the city, there were so many policemen who sought protection from the international committee, and they were willing to work for food. Without wages, but now they're no longer willing to do so because they can move around a bit. No wages, no work. These people really deserve to die. Thanks for listening. On the next episode, religious services are revived in Nanking, and Jinling College celebrates the Chinese New Year. <laughs>